Blog Talk Radio. Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome to the Journey Home Outreach Ministries online radio show. This is the edition of Clarify Your Life with Associate Pastor Kimberly Horvath. And um, we encourage you to visit our website at www.jhom.org. And um, there's many, many resources there for you. One of the things that you're going to find at the website is our link to join us on the retreat. Um, Hello, Pastor (laughs) Orbeck. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm just sharing the uh, news about the retreat uh, to our listeners and uh, encouraging them to come out and um, awesome. give it a give it a try. Uh, but you can find all the information on the website regarding that, all the links that you need. All right. I am excited about the word that you're going to bring. Uh, we got a taste of it on Tuesday. But the adversary just started going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> he was losing his mind. <laughs> he was losing his mind. He was like, I can't let this word be heard. I can't let it be heard. But I'm going to do something that I that we usually don't do on the show. In my spirit, I've been singing this song all day. And it felt like um, what you're trying to get people to. So this is Destiny by Shakir Monique. Okay, here we go. You didn't think I would make it. Thought I would give up and just turn away. You thought I couldn't go through it. But see, I need to fight another day.
that was Destiny by Shakira Monet. But that song is just buzzing in my head uh, all day. Wow. I hope you enjoy it. Yeah, it's, it's powerful. And it, it touches on what you have to think about because you're talking about what God has for you. Um, yes. So I'm going to let, let you take the floor. And so we can get to the teaching. Um, that was a nice little different way to start the show. Amen. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Thank yeah. you so much for doing that. Well, no hello, everyone. I, um, I'm very excited about this, this word. This word, um, it helped me, and it, and it continues to help me as I continue to study it. Um, but it's actually a bit more meaty than I realized. <laughs> so, um, um, and I have a lot. So I, I will get through what I can, and, um, you know, whatever is left over, I'm sure God will pick it up next month. Um, and add to it what it is that he has fresh and new for the next month. Amen? Amen. So, um, you know, I'm coming from one very short verse of Scripture, and it's something that we hear all the time, and I believe we hear it, but we do not understand it. Um, and it's Matthew 22:14, and it's called, the, the words there are, many are called, Few are chosen. That's the entire verse. Mm -hmm. Many are called. Few are chosen. And the title of the lesson that God has given me for today is Be Encouraged. You are chosen, so jump. Be encouraged. Mm -hmm. You are chosen, so jump. Amen? Yes. Yes, amen. in this word, many are called, few are chosen. I really just want to talk for a minute. I really just want to break this text apart and, and talk about it. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk a little bit about what makes some people more successful in carrying out their plans than others. All right? Okay. That's where we're going to okay. go with this. And then um, if there's time, we'll we'll end up with um, with um, a little lesson that's in the Bible that shows exactly what this means. So many are called, okay. few are chosen. So let's talk first about the word call. We understand it in um, in the body of Christ because we'll say, you know, that, you know, a person has a calling to something. And we typically mean a calling to ministry. Usually we literally mean to be a minister or a pastor um, to the body of Christ itself. A calling refers to an invitation, And initially, when God is calling us, his first call to us is to become a member of the body of Christ. You know, that's all he cares about before he cares about anything else. Are you saved? Have you accepted Mm -hmm. Jesus as Savior? That's his primary concern. He wants us to be saved. And it is through salvation, once we are saved, that he can pull us deeper and pull us closer. As I like to say, he likes to pull pull us behind the veil so that we can hear the secrets that he has in mind for us, the intimacies that he has in mind. Okay? Now, calling is for everyone. Many people think that it's only for a select few, but that's not true. God calls everyone. And we are all called, as I said first, to be saved that's the first thing that he's going to be calling us to he desires that but once you're saved 
He does not stop calling. So salvation does not end when we accept Jesus. That's really just the beginning. Mm -hmm. Salvation does, does not end when you accept a call into ministry. Once again, that is just a beginning. God continues to call and equip his children. All right, I want to say this again because yep. I want people to understand. You know, we're we're called to salvation, but people think that, you know, then once you're saved, that's it. Once you're saved, that's not it. Once you accept Jesus Christ, now you're saved and you have the ability to go into heaven. All right? It stops you from going to hell because you have become a believer. But it doesn't right. cause you to live out the kingdom of God on earth. Amen. In order to live the kingdom of God on earth, you must first be saved. That's the first key. Mm -hmm. Once you get that key, then God starts giving you more keys. And with each key, there is a call. Amen? Amen. Yes. Yes. So why do we want to live out the kingdom of God on earth? Well, because the kingdom of God is the way Christians should live. You know, if you look up. Um, you know that information in the Bible you, you get to see see what that is I remember when I was in school um, that people we were asked as students right we were asked what is the kingdom of God okay. everybody had a different answer mm. everybody it's interesting it was different to <laughs> everyone yes. which is interesting mm-hmm. because the kingdom of God is really our ability to live. It's not the ability. It is us living out our lives the way God had in mind. Right. Okay. The kingdom of God, you know, when Jesus came on, on earth, they didn't have it right then either because they thought, you know, the kingdom of God was literally a kingdom that it was going to be land mm-hmm. that was taken over. That's the reason why the kings wanted, you know, this new king that was going to be born to be taken away. They wanted him to be wiped out. They wanted him not to live, right? But that's yes. not the kind of kingdom that Jesus came for. Go ahead. You're going to say something. No, he's had a hit on his on his body, you know, on his head ever since he was born. Absolutely. You know, they've been They've been trying to kill him ever since then. That's just that's what hit my spirit. <laughs> yes, you know, and you're right. Yeah. From the moment that he was born, but people mm-hmm. people misunderstand it. Mm-hmm. They misunderstand it. So let me. I'm going to tell you what it is, and then we're going to talk about what that means and how to get that. Okay. okay. So if you go to Romans okay. fourteen seventeen, it says, uh, "What version am I going to read?" I'm going to read from the. NIV, because most people can, that's plain enough for people to understand it. And it says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. See, Mm -hmm. you have to get in the mindset of kingdom. Back in the days when you were part of a kingdom, especially when you were part of the elite in the kingdom, you really didn't do very much. You ate, you drank, you made merry, you had a good time. You know, um, it was all that behavior that you would see at the nightclub, right? <laughs> that's, that's what it was. That's, that's what right. was the kingdom, right? That's why the kings, the kings would have these parties that lasted days and days and days and days, and that's what it was really all about, right. okay? 
But God's kingdom is not about that. God's kingdom is about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Now, mm-hmm. Christ came so that we might have and joy in the Holy Spirit here on earth. We don't have to Sorry. wait to die to get to heaven. Amen. Heaven will be heaven when the time comes. But we can have the peace of God, the joy of God, the righteousness of God right here, right now. Even in the midst of living a very ordinary life where very ordinary things happen, good things, bad things, and different things happen, but that doesn't mean that your joy has to be gone or your peace has to be gone or your righteousness has to be gone. See, the difference with a, a Christian is that when bad things happen, it doesn't alter your behavior. You still behave a particular way because that is how we behave as Christians. Our joy is not eliminated because of a bad circumstance, because we know that God is good. We know that God is on our side. We know that God is looking out for us, even in the midst of this crazy situation that we're in. Even though it could be a situation that seems like it's going to take our breath away, the reality is that we know as Christians that God is with us. So we still have the ability to have joy. We still have the ability to have peace. The Bible tells you that we have peace that passes all understanding. Why does it say that? Because it makes no dang on sense that we have (laughs) peace in the midst of some of the things that we go through. You know, Christians go through the same stuff that people who are not Christians go through. We have things taken from us. We lose jobs. We lose homes. We get sick. We have people that get angry with us. People do things to us. We go through the same stuff because we're people. But that stuff doesn't have to break our peace. For some people, it would break their peace, and it would cause them to to have – all kinds of hang-ups and fears and issues in life, but not for (laughs) Christians. It is not necessary. Why? Because we have the ability to live the kingdom of God. And when you live the kingdom of God, that stuff happens less and less and less. (laughs) Amen? Absolutely. we, We are called to live in this kingdom. And with each calling that God is bringing us to, there, that is a new salvation from something. So what does that mean? I'm going to put it very simply. You know, some people are not really prone to being very joyful. You know, I often talk about the many years that I spent when I was depressed. I was not joyful at all, okay? I was depressed. There was a period of time when I was suicidal. That's not joy, okay? That is Far from, from joy is, I mean, I don't even think it's the opposite. I think it's worse than the opposite. Okay. But there came a point in time when God began to enlighten me and he began to show me, Kim, there's another way. And it is in that showing that he began to call me into the direction of his joy. As I began to accept the belief that there was a different kind of joy, that I didn't have to live this way, my life began to change. And the more my life began to change, the more he began to show me more about this joy. Once Mm -hmm. I got a hold of it, once I finally stepped on the other side, the darkness and the heaviness and the issues of depression simply fell away. I didn't have to pray them away. I didn't have to Mm -hmm. have my hands laid on me. 
I didn't have to fast uh-huh. it away. I didn't have to sew it away. It just went away because the stuff of the of darkness. I'm not. I'm not even going to say the enemy. The stuff of darkness simply cannot exist in the light. And the more you no. move towards the light, the more that stuff stays where it is because it simply cannot exist where you're going. No. Okay. And, 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 this. And I'm, go ahead. I, I was just wanted to, you know, the joy that you're talking about. Everyone needs to understand that Christ is saying, I'm giving you my joy. Right. So, you know, just imagine that level of joy that is given to you. So I, you, you're absolutely right. It's just accepting it and stepping to the next, over the next side. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, and, and in his work he says, my peace I leave you, right? Uh-huh. He's not leaving us the kind of peace that the world gives because that kind of peace can be uh-huh. taken away. Jesus said, my peace. I give to you Uh because that cannot be taken away. He had peace, even though he didn't want to go to the cross. He had peace about it because he knew that his father was going to carry him through. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's as simple as that. When you're able to face your demons and knowing that you're going to be all good, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. All right. This is what we're talking about when we're talking about calling. So many are called. We are called to salvation, and we are called to, the, to living in the kingdom of God, whatever that next step, step is for all of us. So if you think about that, when you think about the multiple numbers of people in the world, all those who are not Christians are being called to the faith, and all those who are who are, are being called to a deeper level in faith. Got it. Amen. We are all, yes. the, the Bible says that we are all given the measure of faith. It is what you need to get to where you need to be. That's what that level of faith is. Okay? okay. So whatever it is that it takes for you to get to the point of salvation, you have that amount of faith already. You just have to accept it and activate it. But mm-hmm. it's already yours. So if there's anyone who is listening who hasn't yet accepted Jesus as Savior, I'm really curious, you know, what is there really to lose? See, a lot of people will put it the other way. They'll say, oh, I can't believe that you believe in Jesus as Savior. I can't believe, you know, I've read some things that um, people who are non-believers or people who don't believe in, in a higher power at all, things that they've written where they say, oh, you know, um, people believe in God because they need to believe in something more because they're weak. I say absolutely untrue. It takes a whole lot more to believe in a God that you Mm -hmm. cannot see, touch, experience, Mm -hmm. share in a way that's tangible than it does to believe um, that he he doesn't exist. Anybody could believe that he doesn't exist. You can't see him, right? Mm -hmm. You can't touch him. Mm -hmm. You can't smell him. You know, none of that is tangible. Anybody can believe that he doesn't exist, believing that he does exist. Now, that takes something. That takes some strength. Mm -hmm. Amen? So I say to you, if you have not ever heard the the story of Jesus, you know a Christian somewhere, ask them to tell you. (laughs) You you have access to the Internet if you have a phone. Look it up. 
and just mm-hmm. begin to read and find out more about who he is. This uh-huh. transformation, uh-huh. you know, everyone feels like, you know, um, there's an urgency. There is an urgency because none of us know when we're going to die, okay? Right. But, but that's the only urgency, that you don't know that when you're going to die. Take uh-huh. the time out and search the scripture for yourself. You're going to have to do that when you're a Christian anyway. Yeah. And allow God to reveal it to you. And watch what happens because people will begin to come along the way and begin to talk to you about the very thing that you need to know and understand to the point where God is going to make himself so real to you. You won't be able to deny him. And it will exactly. only make sense to you. You know, that, that's the thing. We all have to have our own personal experience with God where you become to be a believer. This is the reason why I personally think when there are people who say that they were believers in Christ and then they suddenly become non-believers, it's because they never really had that experience that caused them to convert because they believed. They believed because everyone around them believed and everyone told them to believe. But it wasn't because they had their personal experience yet that said, you know what, I can't shake that. That's just the truth. And that's yeah. really what you need if you're going to be a believer. So many are called. So let's talk about this idea of being chosen. Okay? Mm-hmm. So the word chosen, when I look it up in the original Greek language, it is, the, the translation of that word literally means to become the favorite, to become yeah. selected. I always say I'm God's favorite. I always mm-hmm. say that. And I have a friend that we compete, and he'll say, no, I'm actually his favorite. I'm like, no, actually, I'm his favorite. He says, well, you're his second favorite. I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm his favorite, <laughs> right? It is, uh, this is the part that's about being chosen. So here, this is how this works. Once you s- choose to believe in Jesus as Savior, then God gives you something else to pull him closer. When you agree with whatever that something else is, he now chooses you again. Mm-hmm. See, every time mm-hmm. you choose God, he chooses you. Yes. So you choose to accept Jesus as Savior, so God chooses you to bring you closer. And so maybe he'll say, okay, so I'm going to show you how to have joy. All right? And you say, okay, yeah, I want to know more about that. I want to have joy. And then he says, oh, you do? Okay, so now I'm going to choose you to learn how to have peace. And then at some point uh-huh. you say, okay, I'm going to learn how to have peace. Oh, you are? Okay, now I'm going to choose you to learn how to have greater faith. That's how it works. Many are called, but few are chosen. Here is why few are chosen, because many won't answer the call. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's as simple as that. At some point we point? stop answering the call. And I'm mm-hmm. not even talking about the first call to Jesus. We can get there. No. Okay, yeah. I we can get there, but we cannot get to the place where we are we are accepting more of the calls of God. That's when you stop you stop accepting the call, and therefore God stops choosing you. As long as you keep on choosing God, He keeps choosing you. But many right. of us, somewhere along the line, stop. Life gets too hard. Mm-hmm. Stuff gets mm-hmm. in the way. For many of us, yeah. we don't even believe that we're still being called. Many people just don't know that they're continuing to be called. They're continuing yeah, exactly. to be called. Exactly. Many people feel, well, if I'm not called to be a pastor, then I'm not being called. 
if I'm not called to be a deacon, if I'm not called to be the mother of a church, if I'm not called to be in the Sunday school, if I'm not called to sing, if I'm not called to this office or that position, then God's not calling me. Not true. God is always calling you into a deeper relationship with him. And understand that when you move into that deeper relationship, there is a requirement. And that requirement is that you become transparent about that relationship that you have with him because that is how you're going to witness to people. Right. Not everyone, everyone has a call to evangelism, okay? But not everyone has a gift to evangelize. Right. The call to evangelize is simply that you've accepted Christ, and as a result, you should tell other people about him. Mm-hmm. But the was- gift to evangelize, okay, mm-hmm. the gift to evangelize, that is a different type of gifting. I, I call it a deeper, concentrated form of calling where you feel that you can't even breathe if you don't start telling people about who Jesus is. That's how it is with a gifting. When you have a gifting, and we all do have at least one, Mm -hmm. everything you do, you do doing that gift. I'm a teacher. That's my gifting. I'm not a Mm -hmm. teacher. I don't go to school and teach someone. But my spiritual gift is to teach. There is nothing that I do in life that doesn't involve teaching. Mm -hmm. It's the only way I know how to do life. And mm-hmm. if I didn't teach, I may as well just not be here anymore because right. I live to teach. I love to teach. Okay? There are some people that have a gifting of helping other people. Now, as Christians, we are all supposed to be kind and helpful and all of that. But a gifting to help, these are the people that always raise their hands anytime somebody needs something. In fact, they're looking to see what you need when you don't even know you need something. And they're there doing stuff for you when you don't even know that you needed the help. Right. Right. Okay. So we're talking about moving closer and being called and being chosen because we keep saying yes. Yes, God, I choose to accept this calling. And God says, great, let's work with this calling for a while. Next thing you know, you feel like he's calling you to something else. Because he is calling you to something else. And so you're like, okay, fine. So I'm going to move and I'm going to start doing this. I'm going to add this to the things that I do. And God will grow that. He'll expand it. He'll take you deeper. He'll take you wider. He'll share it other places. And then all of a sudden you feel like, oh, I think I want to add this to it too. That's another call. Mm -hmm. I want people Mm -hmm. to really get this and understand it. Because so many of us stop in our tracks. Now here's the other thing. We think that is supposed to be is supposed to come without opposition. And the moment we hit opposition, we're ready to throw in a towel and say, Oh yeah, no, God's not in that. That's not true. That's not true. Opposition comes number one, and I'm not putting these in order. These are just reasons why they come. Number one, so that you can utilize what you know to get rid of the opposition, i.e., if you, if you know certain scriptures, you should be having affirmations that you're saying, and you should be affirming the word of God in your life, and you should be calling things that be not as though they were, 
right? That's what the word says. And you should be speaking certain things over your life and causing these things that are coming against you to simply stop and run the other way. So God will allow these offenses to come through the gate so that you can speak and cause them not to be. So opposition comes so that you can remember and show yourself who you are. God already knows who you are. We we call them tests, right? And and some people get all bent over, bent out of shape about that because they'll say, "Well, the Lord will never test you. The Lord will never tempt you." Great, but He will allow circumstances to come your way, but He's not going yeah. to allow them to come and beat you up and kill you. If they're beating you up, it's because you're not fighting. Right, right. You're 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 letting it kill your destiny. That's why I played that song. Yeah. About your God-given destiny, what He has in store for you, and you know, I, I chuckled there a little when you were just talking about um, people. Never mind. Go ahead. That people are not yeah. really. You want people to get this part, and this is so important. He's calling you to be and have all the things he promised you in the Bible. And he's doing it step by step. Absolutely. Because he is a precept by precept God. You have to crawl before you walk, before you run, before you sprint, before you jump hurdles. You know what I'm saying? He's a precept by precept God. So, you know, even the way a Christian, when you begin to understand that, even the way we approach going through struggle should be different because we understand that the struggle has come because we're about to be elevated. And the reason why you're about to be elevated is because you're about to recognize who you really are in the kingdom. You don't know who you are, and God only has certain ways to show you who you are. So if so, what happens is you have options. God is a God that allows free will. You have options. So when the opposition comes, when the struggle comes, when the challenge comes, you can just stand there with your hands at your side. You can cower and put you know put your hands over the front of your face to kind of guard you. You can crawl up and curl up in a fetal position and let the opposition just be all over you if you want to. You can. And God will not call you anymore, and he will not choose you anymore until you decide to fight the battle. Sometimes God will come, and he'll say, okay, give her some rest, give her a minute, and he pushes the opposition away for a little bit, and then what happens? You go out and you find the same guy in a different outfit. And you date yes. that same dude that you dated ten times before. Right. And I'm putting it in a way so that people can understand. You know, you have one bad relationship after another bad relationship after another bad relationship after another bad relationship. And, and you're tired and you're, bent, you're like, I'm not doing this anymore. And then suddenly you start dating another guy who is really the same guy, but he just looks mm-hmm. different and came from a different family and maybe came from right. a different state. But when you get through all that stuff, all the good stuff and all the enjoyment of it, and you get down to the basics of having the relationship six, eight, ten months down the line, you're dealing with the same dude that you couldn't deal with in the beginning. Right. It's and not that's, until – go ahead. No, that's, that's just the process you have to go through. 
you know, and, right. and these dudes are, it's just, it's just the devil, you know, dressing up in different ways and presenting uh, options to you. And mm-hmm. we have to, we have to you know, realize that and, and call it what it is. You know, he, he's right. trying to throw you off. <laughs> right. So. And, and this is no matter what we're talking about. So, you know, if the issue is that you have a hard time keeping a job, you know, you, you lose a job, you gain a job. You lose a job, you gain a job. You lose a job. You know, it's the same thing. If the issue is that you keep having problems with your boss, it's the same thing. If the issue is that you can't seem to lose weight, you can't seem to gain weight, you, you can't, you, can't um, you want to exercise, but you're not, you know, something is always in the way. Or it's the same thing. When you're faced with the same thing over and over and over again, it's you. It's not the people, the places, the things, the stuff. It's you, and you need to change. There's something that you need to do. And usually when this is happening, it's because God is saying to you, listen here. There is a way. There's, There's an open door. You already learned this lesson. You just haven't put it into action. When you put this lesson into action, then you'll defeat this issue and you'll move past it and you won't have this issue anymore. Why? Because once you defeat it, it doesn't need to come after you because you, have, no. you will now walk past it. It's kind of like when you're in school and you graduate from eighth grade and you go into ninth grade and now you're in high school. Well, once you're in high school, you're in high school. You don't get to go to sixth grade again. Right. Right. You're not allowed because no. you graduated. It's the same way in the spirit. Once you graduate, you graduate. Amen? Amen. And I I just want to add to this. People have to realize that your spiritual is a living, breathing, growing thing. And if it doesn't grow, it dies. And that's Uh talked about, too, in the Bible. You know, if, if Uh if you don't produce, dry up and, and then get cut off the from the vine. Uh-huh. So, uh-huh. you know, it's like so, so important. Keep going, definitely, with this. Um, it's, it's needed to understand your position in the kingdom. Yes. Yes, it's very important. It's very important. So, remember, let, let, let's take a few steps back for a moment. You know, you know, the Bible tells us that God says, you know, um, that he knew us before we, we were born. He knew us in the womb. And he had already predestined us for greatness. He's already done that. Okay? So if you believe that the word of God is really his word and you read those words, you have to, you, you accepting it as, as truth kind of just goes along with that chain of thought. Okay? So if you know that, if you believe that God has predestined you for greatness, There's no reason for you not to be encouraged. And if you understand, once you begin to understand that the challenges that come to you are are meant to show you that you are already equipped. See, some people will say that they're meant to equip you. No. They're showing you that you're already equipped. God is not going to allow something to come to you that you are not prepared for. So it's showing you that you are already equipped. That means that you are already chosen and you were chosen for this specific task. Just go ahead and jump. Just yeah. do it. 
Just do it. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about what makes some people more successful in carrying out their plans, because that's what this is all about. It doesn't matter what the plan is. It doesn't matter whether it's a vision. It doesn't matter if it's um, just dealing with relationships and with finances. You know, it doesn't matter what it is, okay? Now, when we were talking the other night, I said, I remember, this is October. We're at the beginning of the last quarter of the year. If you haven't done anything with regard to what you said you wanted to accomplish in this year, you have these next two and a half months to get something done. There is no reason to exit out this year not having accomplished anything that you set out to do. At the very least, you should really have it in strong motion. Okay? But let's talk for a moment. When I go through some of these things, you're going to have to say, yep, you know what, these are the things that stopped me from moving forward. Now, some people, they got on the bandwagon, they started out strong, they started doing well, and then all of a sudden they hit that spot in the road and, and they, just never, they just never got up again. And some people start and stop, start and stop, start and stop. And so the flow is choppy. It's not as smooth. The road is not as smooth. They keep hitting roadblocks and potholes and detours. Right? I want to repeat that because you were not online. Uh, I couldn't hear you when you said that. You said um, for a second. What so repeat what you were just talking about. About, about, the, about the beginning, the, about the fourth quarter? Yeah, the fourth quarter. Okay. So we're in the fourth quarter of the year, right? And what I'm talking about is being encouraged to move forward with the plans that you had for this year, whatever they were. We can have plans in so many different areas. It doesn't matter whether it's a complete vision, whether it's in the area of finances, your career, relationships, family, spiritually, whatever it was that you started out this year, at whatever point you decided that you were going to make some changes in your life for this year, whatever that was, you need to to finish the year out strong. If you never started moving in that direction, you have two and a half months to at least get yourself started in a very solid flow and maybe even accomplish a few things. For some people, they started and then they hit a bump in the road and they just never got back up again. They never got back in a car, never got back on a horse, just never got back on the road again. Get back on the road. It's okay. For some people, you keep having flat tires and roadblocks and detours and potholes, and so you give up. Don't give mm-hmm. up. Let's just get up, dust ourselves off, and keep on moving. Now is the time for you to reassess. Is there something that I'm doing that keeps making this happen? Sometimes it is, and sometimes it isn't. If it is, stop doing that. See, one mm-hmm. of the things that happens is that sometimes we don't, we don't reassess our plan. We don't make adjustments in our plan. When you keep having things happen, sometimes you need to take a minute and readjust. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. you have to change routes. Mm-hmm. That's do what okay. you need to do. Okay? Mm-hmm. So the, the question that I want to answer now is what makes some people more successful in carrying out their plans than others? Well, one of the things is I think some people don't hold on to excuses. Right? Many of us are really good at holding on to excuses on why they didn't get this thing done. 
well, I didn't have this, or so-and-so didn't support me. I grew up in this area. I didn't have a mother. I didn't have a father. You know, they picked on me. They bullied me. I'm black. I'm white. I'm female. I'm gay. You know, whatever it is, people have something that they want to um, be a crutch and use as an excuse. But here's the truth. At some point, no matter what it is, you have to make a decision to get over it. Just get over it. I always say, you know what? Everybody comes from a crazy family. Right. Everybody. Everybody comes from parents who didn't know what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Everybody. <laughs> Some people didn't have parents. Somebody had parents. Some people were abused. Some people were not. You know, even people that weren't abused had other stuff going on. You know, people will say, oh, well, they, had, they were lucky because they had a family with both parents in the house. Yeah, but you didn't see those parents fighting each other and cussing each other out and doing horrible things to each other. So how do you know that they were lucky, right? Everybody right. has stuff. At what point do you stop saying, my, carrying your stuff and saying, it's because I have all this stuff that I can't move forward? Put the stuff down. Jesus God is said, famous. Yeah, Jesus said to cast all all your cares onto me, he will carry your burden. You know, yeah. he'll he'll take your yoke. And so there's really no need to carry this. I mean there's, there's really no need to carry it. There really isn't. God is famous. Famous for taking messed up situations and people. And taking that load and weight of their stuff and carrying it for them so that they can be free to move forward. A lot of us have issues because we choose to have issues. You know, the Bible says, take no offense. And that tells me that that I have a choice to take it or leave it. Mm -hmm. So I don't have to be offended. If people don't mm-hmm. like me, I don't have to be offended. Right. If something in my life wasn't right, I don't have to have an issue or hang up about it. Uh-huh. It wasn't right in my life, but I got over it. At some I point mean. in time, you become old enough to get over it. I'll tell you something else. Your mind knows that, too. Um, if you've ever studied, read anything about people who came through trauma, whether it was, you know, like, you know, a, a traumatic a traumatic situation of any type, any kind of trauma, a lot of times when people are young and they go through a trauma, it gets buried in their mind. Right. Now, for some people, the trauma is so intense that the mind literally splits and it separates the, the, where the trauma is and that personality from a different personality that doesn't know the trauma. For mm-hmm. most of us, that trauma is just compartmentalized and it's kept in a little tiny box. And what happens is you don't remember it. Mm-hmm. What, but then what mm-hmm. happens as you get older, when your mind knows that you're capable of handling the trauma, it allows you to remember what happened. Mm-hmm. Yes. When you remember what happened, that's where many people get stuck. And they'll say, oh, this happened to me. Oh, this is what happened to me. Oh, this is what happened to me. Yeah, mm-hmm. but you are now an adult, and you are now safe, and you do not have to identify with it in the same way. You can be grateful 
that we were made in such a way that our mind could protect us, and now that thing can no longer harm you, and you can say, but I'm over it. Mm-hmm. And because now what happens, it allows your mind to be whole. There's not some dark secret lingering in your own head. That's why it came out, because you can now deal with it. So deal with it, right. but don't let it stop you. Move on. Move on. Keep moving. Move on. Stop making excuses. For some people, they're more successful in carrying out their plans because they're very disciplined. They believe in having a regimen, and they hold themselves accountable. Some of us are not very disciplined. You know, um, I remember I had a friend who at one point had lost a lot of weight. I knew this couple. And the wife had lost a lot of weight, a tremendous amount of weight. And um, I saw her husband say, oh, my God, I saw your wife. She looks fantastic. And he says, yeah, you know, but she works really hard to look that way. Discipline. Discipline. Mm -hmm. Discipline makes you get up early in the morning. Discipline Mm -hmm. makes you say no to certain things so that you can say yes to what's better. Right. People also call that drive. Mm-hmm. You know, do you have discipline? Are you willing to build up your discipline? Are you willing to build up your drive? If you want to become stronger and be able to lift 100 pounds, you have to start by lifting two. <laughs> Are you willing to lift two? Are you willing to yeah. lift five? Are you willing to lift, lift 25? Are you willing to build up to get to lifting that 100? You know, when you set a goal, you have to break it down so that you can get there. Are you willing to have discipline? Okay. And, and um, oh, go ahead. No, I was just saying, you know, it just hit my spirit again to remind people that we are talking about your position within the kingdom. You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah, this is your 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 chosen this position to do this work in the kingdom. That should make you very excited, and that should give you discipline because you're doing it for God. And also. You should want to have the discipline because you're so excited about what's next. Because right. remember, when you accomplish this, there's something more. And every time he yeah. gives you something more, every time God gives you something more, he gives you something greater. So, mm-hmm. uh, so you know, if you just think about it, like if you just chart your life and you think about from where God has brought you, and as they say in the Bible and in churches, we'll say it's from glory to glory, right? It's from one good thing to another good thing to another good thing. You know that when you look at the activity of God in your life, that you came from one place, which could have been a good place. It doesn't even have to be a bad place. But where you are now in comparison to where you were then, you wouldn't change it. Because you're in a better place. So if nothing else, you should, have, you should want to have the discipline so that you can get to an even better place. Because when you get, the, it's like you become more and more yourself, fuller in yourself mm-hmm. and in what you're able to accomplish and how you can help people in the kingdom. Okay? So be encouraged with that. All right? Some people are more successful because they have more motivation, okay, mm-hmm. more motivation. You know, I, had, I was speaking to a friend of mine, I think it was last week, because as a person who dealt with depression, um, one of the things that I um, don't have a lot of firsthand understanding of that many people do 
is anger. Because people mm-hmm. who are depressed are really repressed, angry people. They're angry, but they always held it in for whatever reason. And so they, so they don't understand this whole thing about anger. And so what he said to me was, anger is the whole reason why a lot of people accomplish things in life, because they're so dang angry. And they don't want to either live that way again, experience that again, go through that again. So they get mad and they say, you know what, I'm going to use this anger so that I can move forward and never deal with that situation again. See, as a depressed person, that doesn't happen. Because what happens is if you've lived, people who've been depressed understand this. So I'm trying to explain this for people who have never been depressed or maybe you're dealing with someone who is depressed. Here's what you have to understand. The very moment that a depressed person or a person prone to depression senses anger, it turns immediately to sadness. So they never feel the anger. They just feel sad. Okay. Okay? It just goes to sad. As soon as it's angry, it's sad at the same time. So they never get, you know, I don't know how to explain it because I'm not a person that um, had the anger first. You know what I'm saying? Um, so that that fuel, you know, like when people get angry, it's almost like it's fuel and it gets built up like a fire. You know what I mean? Yeah. Depressed yeah. people yeah. don't get that. That fire um, is immediately extinguished, and it turns mm-hmm. right to sadness. Okay. So depressed people don't get that. There's a missing link there. So he says to me, no, no, no. People get angry, and then they take that fire, and they let that fire be fuel to get them to another place so they never have to deal with that again. I was like, that is beautiful. That is Mm -hmm. phenomenal. Like, okay, so now I understand the point of anger. To me, anger didn't have a point, but now I get it. It yeah. fuels you to move forward. Yes. And, you know, and, and many it, people will say, go ahead. I was going to say it motivates you to forgive because that's really when you get set free. Um, right. You forgive. So you have to let your anger drive you towards that, and then you have – then you'll never deal with it again, you know, once right. you let it go. I, and I, I think for a, a lot of people – they have to get past the thing, and mm-hmm. once they get past the thing, they can get to a place of true forgiveness. See, there's, to me, there's levels of forgiveness. There's forgiveness okay. in that, you know, I'm going to forgive you so that I can just get past this and get, get moving on, but you're still angry. Mm-hmm. You're, you're still mad, you know, because mm-hmm. forgiveness doesn't mean I'm not mad. Forgiveness does not mean that we're going to be, you know, really tight friends, none of that. So I'm still mad, but I forgive you for it. Once you get to a place where you've used some of the fuel from that anger, now you can be at another level of forgiveness, whatever that level means to you. For some people, it could mean engaging in relationship of some type again. For some people, it could be engaging completely in relationship again, depending upon the offense, right? But, again, this is about choosing. You can choose not to take offense. Right. You could choose not to take it, but you can use anger as a motivation. What motivates you? When I was telling Mary Kay, we used to always say you have to have a why story. You have to know why you're doing this. 
because it's work. If it's work, you need something to express while you're doing it. People go to work because they need to get paid. Most people do not go to work because they just want to go and spend that many hours. If you were not getting paid to do your job, most people wouldn't go there. Okay? So what is your motivation? You need to you need to have something that motivates you. A lot of people stop stop in their tracks from their progress because they don't have motivation. This is why vision boards are impo- are, are important. When you have a vision board in front of you, you can keep seeing what you're getting to. And for some people, that's enough motivation to keep plugging away at what you're doing, especially when you're performing a task that you don't get any enjoyment out of, especially then, okay? Um, The other thing is um, we talked a little bit about accountability. If you can't hold yourself accountable, get someone to hold you accountable. Find an accountability partner. Someone that you have to check in with every week, every month, whatever. Because at least you'll make sure that you've gotten a certain amount of work done by the time you meet with them. This is why coaches are important to people, because coaches are, are, are accountability partners. Another okay. reason why some people make it and some people don't and some people move along faster is having the right team. A lot of people have all the wrong people around them, and they share their business with all the wrong people. Mm-hmm. All the wrong people. Your team needs to consist of people that are mentors, people that you're mentoring, people who are just team leaders, team members that are on the same level as you, people who are going in the same direction as you. You need all of that in your team, all of that in your team, okay? I'm not saying that you have to have 50 people on your team. Your team could be three people, but you need yeah. to have the right people on your team, that's, the that's right the people on your team. A lot of people surround themselves with the right people. And as a result of surrounding themselves with the right people, they get where they're going faster and easier than if they're by themselves. Some people are motivated and more successful simply because of their fear in the Lord. (laughs) They just don't want to mess up with God. No, no, you you know, you don't. Yeah, but he some people, yeah, some people to the point where it's going to control what they do. Yeah, and it's like no, 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 no. This, this is, this is not what we're talking about. You know, God doesn't get angry at you. You know, He wants to get you trying. He knows, He knows each and every one of us. And yeah, mm-hmm. He just want to get you trying. You know, mm-hmm. try it. Yeah, yeah, and the thing is, like, and we're and we're talking when we're talking fear again. We're talking about awe. We're talking about respect and love for God. You know, um, we're we're talking about making the choice to say doing doing something opposite of what God intends is just not okay. It's not. Some people get to that point in certain areas of their life where they're able to put, you know, whatever, something that could have been a vice for theirs down, and they're like, you know what, this is just no longer okay for me. I'm just not going to do this anymore. It's just like people, some people who quit smoking cold turkey. And you say, well, how right. did you do that? How did you do that? They just made up in their mind. They just weren't going to do it anymore. Yeah. It happens to some people with drugs. Some people mm-hmm. with eating. And then other people mm-hmm. need more than that. We're all in different places. 
We're all in different places. And I'm going to close yeah. with this. You know, be encouraged. Be encouraged by every little work, little work that you do forward. Celebrate your successes. People who are successful, celebrate themselves. Celebrate your successes. Don't wait until the big win. Celebrate the little wins along the way. Sometimes you need the energy of the, of the little win to get to the next place. God is yeah. applauding you all along the way in the race. You know, we just came off of the Olympics this summer, and one of the things that you know is that when people, like, when they were in the swimming pool or when they were on that track and field, people were cheering the whole time they were running. And right. Even after the race was over, people were still cheering. And that's how mm-hmm. God is. He is cheering you all along the way. That gun goes yeah. off and God starts cheering. He's cheering you before you get up to that, to that starting line, and he's cheering for you after you pass the, the finish line. That's how he is. Be encouraged. You are chosen. God has chosen you. And if he's chosen you, he's equipped you. And if he's equipped you, there's nothing that can stop you except you yourself. Yes. Nothing can stop you except you yourself. So. Yeah. Don't allow yourself to lean on anything that's trying to be bigger than who God is when it's nothing like God. Lean on God and lean on God's truth. Put things in the right perspective. And I just encourage you, just move on. You have two and a half months to accomplish something great before the end of the year. Don't let yourself down. Don't start next year in the same place that you were this year. Do something different and finish your year out strong. Amen? Amen. Amen. We made it through. And I just want to let everybody know that your next episode is no oh, lost calendar. <laughs> is November the ninth. Uh, uh, will be the next episode of this, and, and hopefully the whole spirit will enlighten you some more to share more things with people. Everyone, visit our website, www.jhom.org. Pastor, thank you so much for your word from the Lord. Oh, you're and welcome. You're welcome. God bless you. God bless you. God bless and you. Out there. Okay. We're going to roll out of here like we always do, and that's with how great our art. It's going to cut off, but people who listen to the recording will get the full version. All right, everyone.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.